What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Let me set this straight with, you know, the, the expectations here at Texas State. We, we're going to win. We're going to win games. We're going to win championships. We're going to win bowl games. All right, here we go. Win now or get bent. Number 69. Nice. If you don't already know, I'm Kev Tardello. Thanks for being here. Coming to you on Thursday, November 10th. Been way too long, everybody. Been way too long. I've missed you. I hope you're well. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the well wishes on on our new family here. Uh, Pretty, pretty great. I am surprisingly well rested for now. She's a great, a great sleeper, the little baby. So I'm talking about Jade, Jade Marie. Uh, it's been, it's been awesome, and I know, you know we're doing a mailbag. A lot of your questions were about that, so I'll, I'll, I'll save, I'll save a lot of it for that. But just, I guess I'll say this, you know, I always thought I was meant to be a, a, a sports reporter until I held her, and then I realized I was always meant to be a dad. It's it's a great feeling. Everybody told me it would change my life, and I didn't really believe them. And I always thought the responsibility and all of that was going to be very daunting, and I wasn't going to enjoy it. But I I've, I enjoy every minute of it. It's a funny thing. Oh, but that's enough positivity. Let's talk about the Bobcats. No, I'm not going to be too negative here. But we got a lot to talk about. Um, you know, I was looking at it and my last podcast I did was after the app win and, uh, lots happened since then. Lots happened. That's too long, too long for the pod. I thought I would come back earlier and I probably could have, cause like I said, the baby's a good sleeper, but I just knew it was, it was a time that I wasn't going to get back. So I wanted to be fully in that moment, but now I'm, now I'm back. I want to, let's get the pod going. Let's get it going. And you know what? We're going to start it out the way we usually start it out. It's been a while since I've done it. Let's do a quick Sunbelt rundown. After that, I'll answer some questions. And I got some press conference audio for you. Uh, this might be a long pod. I'm only I'm going to add the press conference audio in case people haven't heard it and they want to hear it. You can always see it on the website. I know a lot of you do do that. But I'll, I'll upload it here so you can have it right on your device. Let's do a Sunbelt rundown, a quick one. Sometimes I'll take notes on these. This one, I'm just I'm looking at the standings. So we'll, we'll run through it, and then we'll, we'll get to your questions. Um, let's start in the east, like we always do, with Coastal Carolina. 8-1 overall, 5-1 in conference, two-game winning streak. 
big blow for them though, as Grayson McCall looks like he might be might be done for the season. It's a tough one. Coastal, they keep rolling. Yeah, people, I feel like people aren't even really talking about them. James Madison was popping off for a while, and everyone was was giving them their flowers. But Coastal, they, they came right back, and they're here again. On on top of the belt. Definitely on top of the East, but they have the best division or best record of both both divisions. Uh, number two, James Madison. Just mentioned the Dukes. They are five and three, three and two overall, but they are on a three-game losing streak. Wow. Let's look at these three losses for them. At Louisville, okay. Marshall, wow. And then at Georgia Southern. You know, they they jumped into the Sun Belt with three straight wins over App, Texas State, and Arkansas State. They were ranked. Everybody was in love with them. They were complaining about, oh, why can't we play for the, the Sun Belt Championship? Even though it's it's our first year. We're ranked and everything. Three game, three game losing streak brings them back to reality. Welcome to the Sun Belt, JMU. It's not it's almost your time, but not quite yet. All right. Uh let's see. Number three, we've got Georgia State. Four and five overall, three and two in the Sun Belt. Two game winning streak for them. They had a real rough go in non-conference, but they beat Southern Miss and Old Dominion the last couple weeks. So they're sitting there at three. Four and five. I thought they would be better than that. But the way they've they've kind of bounced back is is a little more of what I expected out of them this year. When they were at the bottom of the East, I was just surprised. But now, now they're third. In fact, they're above the next team, which is App State at fourth, and that one's surprising. Uh, five and four overall, two and three in the Sun Belt. They're on a one-game losing streak. After the Bobcats beat them, all their fans wanted to fire the coach. <laughs> That's how bad it is losing to the Bobcats, you know? Got to have a total regime change after it happens. Reminds me of when, when the Bobcats beat Houston in 2012, and then they fired the coach. Or, I'm sorry, the offensive coordinator the the next day. He, he had to fall on the sword. But then, I feel like it was a couple years later, Houston beat Texas State, and Fran fired John Thompson, defensive coordinator. So they got, they got, they got it back on the Bobcats. Uh, Georgia Southern coming in at five. They are two and three, five and four. Same record as App State. They are also on a one-game losing streak. Same as App State. Don't know if I mentioned that for them. But they just lost to South Alabama 38-31. We've got Marshall coming in at sixth. Four through six all have the same record at five and four, two and three. But Marshall's on a one-game winning streak, like we just mentioned earlier with JMU. They beat them. They've been very up and down. Marshall, can't put my finger on them yet. Same with the next guys, Old Dominion. Uh, three and six, two and three, but three-game losing streak. Another team that was looking strong earlier that kind of came back to reality first year in the Sun Belt. Sun Belt's no joke, you know? It 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 gives me a little bit of pride to see these new guys come in and, and not dominate. I think, I think some of them thought they would come in and it would be a, a pretty easy go. All right, let's go to the West. Number one is Troy, a team the Bobcats had on the ropes and could have beat them. 
seven and two, maybe not on the ropes, but they were in the game. Seven and two, five and one overall. I'm um, five and one in Sun Belt. Six game winning streak for Troy. Sitting on top of the West. But I'll say this right behind them, South Alabama, Bobcats opponent this week. They are also seven and two, four and one in conference, two game winning streak. Nice year for the Jags. Uh, number three, Southern Miss, five and four overall, three and two in the Sun Belt. One game losing streak for Southern Miss. Another team the Bobcats should have beat. Oh, look, here's another one they should have beat. ULM at number four, three and six overall, two and three in the Sun Belt. One game winning streak over the Bobcats. A surprise at five with Louisiana, four and five overall, two and four in the Sun Belt. Two game losing streak for the Raging Cajuns. Bobcats have them coming up before the end of the year at home. They end the season with Louisiana and Arkansas State at home. But six in the West is the mighty, mighty Bobcats. Three and six overall, one and four in the Sun Belt. Three game losing streak after an incredible upset over App. Um, I don't know, seeing App kind of come back to reality too. Maybe it wasn't that incredible, but it, 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 it was for this program. Or the fans, I should say. And at the very, very bottom of the West is Arkansas State. Two and seven overall, one and five in the Sun Belt, four game losing streak for Arkansas State. So there you go. There's your Sun Belt rundown. It's good to, you know, not not the best year for the belt. Definitely been better ones with more ranked teams and and the like. But all right, let's dive into Bobcats. Some Texas State football. Mentioned it earlier. Three-game losing streak. A combined 10 points in all three losses. 10. They lost by six points, three points, and one point last week. Last week, ULM jumped out to a 21-0 lead and watched it slowly evaporate. So I worded it in my article. They, uh, it was, it, you could almost feel it. And it was like at some point in the second quarter, I, I just, it wasn't feeling great. I definitely wasn't feeling great at halftime when, when ULM scored right before then, made it like 24, 17. Uh, it just, it, it, it shouldn't feel inevitable, but it did. And there was, there was just, a lot wrong with that game. I mean, to jump out 21-0, and let's unpack the 21-0 real, real quick. I'll get to the questions, I promise. I just I gotta, gotta get this off my chest. 21-0, Bobcats first drive, boom, go down there. Looks good. They always look good on their first drive. They have a good first drive script. It's the rest of the game that causes frustration. But that first drive, even when they don't score, they they usually pick up a couple first downs and it's like, okay, maybe they're getting the momentum going and then it tends to fall flat. But that first drive, get in the end zone, score. ULM gets the ball, fumble. Torrey Spears, nice fumble recovery. Dove on it before it went out of bounds. That was solid play by Torrey. Great year for Torrey. He's, uh, I'm going to knock on some wood. Because preemptively, because he, you know, he's usually had the injury bug, hadn't had it much this year, and we've really gotten to see him, him shine. 
But anyways, so they get that fumble and they score. Capitalized off that turnover. Next go around, defense gets the stop, punt the ball. Ashton Hawkins returns to the four-yard line. They're able to punch that in. You know what? I think I may have that reversed, the turnover and the punt return. I may have that reversed. But that's where it went down. A, a turnover and a punt return set up 14 of those 21. Because then the offense comes out, and it just felt like they were playing to maintain a lead, managing the game. I like that they were able to get three field goals, take the points, get those points going. And there's, but when they're when they're coming for you, when they're hitting Hal, who's incredible, Tyrone Hal, number four for ULM, that's an that's a that's a Sunday play right there. But when when they're when you see that it's happening and it's starting to crack, man, you gotta you gotta turn up the Jets. And I will say. It was a little, they were missing a handful of guys. They didn't lose because of injuries, but some of their more dynamic playmakers like Ashton Hawkins, who I mentioned, broke his collarbone on that punt return, done for the season. Calvin Hill broke his thumb, had surgery, done for the season. Marcel Barbie has an injury. Um, Toe Groves as well. They're, they're banged up at the skill positions. So they, they that may have contributed to them not being as explosive, but it, I'm not using it as an excuse. They still could have done it. There's still plenty of other guys out there. You know, it's it's that felt that felt like it was it was a game in their grasp, and they and they let it go. Obviously, I mean, losing on a missed field goal shouldn't have even had a chance at that field goal. I mean, that fumble by Rogers. On that last drive, they just needed to run the clock out. Forced bumble. Sione Tupo, what a season for him. Glad he came back for that sixth year. But and, and you know, and something about Seth Keller, Brant was saying it at the press conference, and you'll hear some of it on that press conference audio about Brant Brant Freeman, by the way. Oh how how Seth Keller is the most accurate kicker in Texas State history. Which shocked me. I thought it would have been like Will Johnson or somebody. But that's a really good kicker. Put in a, a, a tough moment. He hit three field goals earlier in the game. It's his first miss under 40 yards. It was 38. But uh, and shout out to Seth Keller. Keep 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 your head up. I'm glad Spavadol and the players, you'll hear that in the press audio too. I'm glad that they went out of their way to be like, hey, this is not on Seth. You know, because it's it's not, it's tough. Kicking is a, a very mental game, so can't let it shake your confidence. Mm. Let's get to some questions. Let's dive right in, shall we? All right. No, we're going to start out. Yeah, here we go. I found it. I just want to do this one first. This is from Robert Garcia, at Robert Garcia the fourth, Roman numerals fourth. It's that IV. All right, the first question that needs to be asked is how much do you love being a new dad? Second question, odds of SPAV being let go if we lose Saturday and are no longer bull eligible. Oh man, scale of 120 or 1 to 10, it's a 20. I love it. It's it's great. Uh, it was... It was 
was nervous going into it. You know, good nervous, like excited nervous. And, and, you know, now I'm just so full of joy and, and very happy. Despite the Bobcats, they're trying to shake my mood and I won't let them. My poor child has seen nothing but Texas State losses in her short little life. <laughs> no, but it's it's truly, truly is great. Um, if you're if you're like me and it's something that you, you you're putting off because you you you're scared of the responsibility, don't be. Um, all those fears kind of go away. Obviously, you have fear for their future and and and, and all of that. But it's 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 something you just kind of naturally take on. It felt like, and people kept telling me that, and I was like, ah, man, I hope so, I hope so, and it, it feels that way. Got a long way to go of being a a great dad, catching up with some of you listeners who've been DMing me, you know, about about fatherhood. I'm trying, I'm just trying to catch up with y'all there. Uh, but SPAV, okay, what was that one about SPAVs? Odds of SPAV being let go if we lose Saturday and are no longer bowl eligible, great. The odds are great. Um, I just, it's it'll be a fourth year of a losing season. It's not quite a losing season yet because it's six losses. They could technically end at 500 and maybe make a bowl. But the only way they end with a winning record is if they do that, they win out. Make a bowl game, then win the bowl game. Then they'll be seven and six. Otherwise, it's it's another one. It's another losing season for Spav. And we've talked a lot about the recent history of the Bobcats. By recent, I mean the last eight years since the last time they had a winning record. And if you th- and Spav's been the been the guy for half of that now. This is year four for Spav. And these are the results: twelve and thirty-three. Um. It's just, it's, it shouldn't be acceptable. I hope it's not acceptable. We will find out. We're going to learn a lot about, about Don Coriel and, and Kelly Danfis coming up. You know, I think both of them are doing a great job of, of, of marketing and, and shaking hands and kissing babies and doing all that good stuff. But this is, this is what it really comes down to being an admin, making this decision. And I want to, I've, I've spoken about this with Spav, about Spav before, right? I truly think he's, he's a talented coach. I think he's a really good guy, man. I think he's a great guy. Um, it's just, it might, I just feel like it's done here. It's done. I mean, outside of a massive turnaround, these final three games, but I mean, even just saying that three games, I don't think three games is enough to change my mind. Spav is he's a young guy. And I know there was a question there's a question. I'll get more to this later, but whenever I ask him a question about his pressure on his job or any of these other ones, you can you can tell that he doesn't like it. And I think that's the, another sign of a young coach. Where I I because I ask those to give him an opportunity to answer. You know, and if he wants to do a short answer, well then there's the answer. And I think that's kind of a young coach mentality. Although, you know, Everett Withers loved the short answers as well, but he'd give you a short answer to a, to a normal question. I don't think he was ever really salty at the actual question. It's more salty about having to do a press conference and all of that, but 
Shout out to Everett Withers, man. Interim at Temple. Let's go. But yeah, the, the odds the odds are great. I mean, it, in my mind, it, it should have it, it was bowl game or bust. I mean, I don't know how you can have three losing seasons and it not be bowl game or bust. But needs to be. Good stuff, Robert. Thanks for the question. Here we go. All right. At Goots for Heisman. Elon Musk is a giant piss baby. Wow. That's his that's his handle. It's a little aggressive. People aren't people aren't loving Elon right now, huh? It's kind of interesting. The whole verified thing. I got I'll get to your question, Goots, I promise. But the whole verified thing, I feel a little vindicated. Because I've never gotten the verification. And you know the, the process for it, you send in an application with your driver's license and proof of where you work. Like I would send them like articles and stuff like that. And they they approve it and then they give you a blue check mark. Or they don't, you don't get one. And I've, I've thought about doing it. I've waffled back and forth for years until the last couple years where I started to notice a lot of blue check marks getting hacked. You know, it's like, hey, want to buy a PS5? You know, stuff like that. I, uh, and so I was like, it, it just, I didn't like the, I didn't like the idea of giving them my license too. like, why do you need all this personal information from me? Like I'm already on your, on your site. Um, so I was, I was never a fan of being verified. I didn't like how it kind of separates everyone on Twitter from like, oh, here's, here's the people you should really listen to. And here's everyone else. Like who, who cares? Who cares? I've never, I've never been a, a, I don't need to be verified. Kind of don't want to be. And now you have to pay for it. Ha. Yeah, definitely not. But poor Elon. Tough, tough break. Tough break. It's pretty funny that he bought Twitter. And, and now everyone on Twitter is roasting him. It's got to be a real pain. I mean, it's his job to wade through those comments and make Twitter better. So you have to get on it. So he has to see all that stuff. But, man, why am I talking about Elon Musk? Let's get to the question. Goots for Heisman. What's it going to take for Texas State to not get hit with a catastrophic injury bug seemingly every season? Are we still making the head trainer teach classes? P.S. Please do not sacrifice your newborn to the blind salamander god. We will likely need help at QB in 2040. Help at QB. The, fu- the future is female. It's pretty woke of you, Goots. I like that. Female quarterback in 2040. Coming coming to Bobcat Stadium. Um, the injury bug. A lot of injuries. I just, I just kind of went over it a little bit with Calvin Hill, Ashton Hawkins. Um, you know, I'll say it's, it's not as bad as it's been in the past. And it kind of, I actually thought it took longer than usual for these to start to hit. I mean, it's after the midpoint of the season. Usually it's around the midpoint or before it with that. So it, it, it hasn't, hasn't been as bad. And you know, it's the season ending injuries. It's going to happen. It's football. It's, it's, it's a violent sport. Um, that being said, I do know the, the point that he's alluding to that this this has been an issue for the Bobcats and that starts in the strength and conditioning room and taking that seriously and, and have putting someone in place that is going to give them them workouts that prevent injuries 
I'll say it, it feels like a lot more things are being taken more seriously by the administration, Don Coriel and, uh, and, and Dampus. Um, it, it's, it's a slow trickle. They made a great move with media relations right off the bat. I guess that was before Danfus, but that is significantly improved that area this season. I mean, Chris Coots and staff, man, they've been they've done a great job this year. And so it, that's an area that they also need to look at. I know they're looking at the broadcast, and I'm not breaking any news or anything here, but that's something that they are taking seriously about about revamping we'll see if it actually comes to fruition but uh, but yeah, strength and conditioning and, and you know the coaches bring that guy in so and this is Spav's second one guys named Harrington right now had a first guy uh Saul Wasser was his strength and conditioning coach but he was let go after the first season so uh, yeah but I, I'm with you because it's definitely something that needs to be taken seriously because it seems every year it seems to happen a lot for the cats. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, yeah, and sacrificing my newborn the blind salamander god. No worries there. Won't be doing that. But what the hell did we do to the blind salamander god over the la- for the last three games? What happened? It's cold, so you're not floating, littering in the river. Must be something else. We'll figure this out. We'll crack this code. Pretty sure our good guy Goots for Heisman, he coined the blind salamander to God with a mailback question towards the beginning of the season. So, having fun with that one. I want to know what the blind salamander God looks like. If anybody wants to draw a rendition, I'll retweet it. All right, thanks for the question. Our guy Goots. I don't ever want to dox him, but uh, when he used to be a uh, used to at one point he wrote about the Bobcats for a little while uh, when I was when I was uh, uh, a student. Not really a student. I think it was right after graduation. He's someone I looked up to. I wish he would have stuck around with with journalism. But hey, you know, not a lot of money. I get it. All right. Next up, Crim Brulee. At Crim Brulee 10. What's up, my guy? I, think I haven't gotten a hot dog. If you go to another game, this one of those last two home games, let me know. I'll come, I'll come by your tailgate, get a hot dog this year. All right. A, how's dad live treating you? I hope you and family are doing well. B, most of us on here aren't in the know. From what you hear and see around the program, is Spab out after we lose bowl eligibility? Please say yes in parentheses. 
See, if SPAB is out, who does Texas State hire next? Great stuff here. Dad Live treating me great. It's awesome. Um, love the questions about that. Thanks thanks for that, everyone. It's, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, about being in the know. Oh, SPAB out? Yes. Yeah, I, I guess I've, I've answered that one a little bit ago. Yeah, I do. I do think he is. I don't have any inside knowledge on that. I'm not talking to anybody that makes that decision or I don't know what how any of those conversations are going. I asked Spavadol about it at the press conference and he said he didn't feel any pressure. I know he does, but it's he was he just didn't like the question. Um if Spav is out, who does Texas State hire next? Mm. I would say my number one overall candidate is Sam Houston State coach Casey Keeler. So won a national title there. He's somebody that I, you know, back in, in 2018, I thought they were going to kick the tires on a little bit more. Um, I feel like he was even rumored when when Withers took over. If I'm remembering that right. It's a while ago, 2016, but I feel like he was. Um, that's, that's my number one. Really like him. Texas ties. I'm a, a a fan of his, despite it being the Bearcats. We still hate the Bearcats. It'd be nice to steal their coach. Although, you know, them moving up to FBS might, you know, might seem like a, a lateral move for him. Don't know exactly how he looks at it, but I think that would be a great candidate. Casey Keeler, Sam Houston State coach. Um, number two, this one's this one's this one's kind of an easy one. I mean, Tom Herman. Used to be the offense coordinator at Texas State when Barrett Neely was the quarterback and Bailiff was the coach. I uh, uh, Texas State ties. I mean, you, you, you got to appreciate that. Obviously, he was the Houston coach and then the Texas coach before getting let go at Texas. And now I don't know what he's doing right now. I should have done some research, but uh, you know, I don't. I don't think he's he's. He, he might be on staff somewhere as like an analyst. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but. I know he doesn't have a head coaching job yet. So if he, if that's something that he would want, they should at least talk to him. I feel like that would be a really good candidate. Um, further, you know, thinking about it more, most of my other guys are, are, are kind of dark horses. I should maybe do, do like some real good research here on this one, but I love Jason Washington. He's not a head coach. Don't don't believe he has been one, but he's the defensive back coach at Miss or the running backs coach. Sorry, at Mississippi State, assistant coach, running backs coach. I'm pretty sure uh, he was here at Texas State under Fran. Uh, great guy, great personality. Players really respect him. Players love him, and he has he has ascended. Since leaving Texas State, you know, after after getting let go, he jumped he jumped into the P five ranks and did a really good job there. Again, like Herman, some ties to Texas State, which I just I feel like that's important. Nobody really cares about this place, uh, you know. If you can, if they're qualified, and they have that on their resume that of being at Texas State at some point, I just think that goes a long way. Uh, this next one may not have the experience quite yet, but G.J. Kinney, incarnate word coach, young guy. I think he might be younger than me. He's getting them right. 
I, I really, honestly, with Kenny, I just love the cut of his jib. I listened to a press conference. My good buddy Carl Schoening covers covers Incarnate Word, does their broadcasts and all of that. And I, I, uh, I just, every time I hear him talk, I'm like, I like that guy. Might be too young. Might not be ready. Same with Travis Bush, the high school coach. Texas State ties as well. Uh, I think they need something splashier than those two guys. Another one I saw kicked around was Larry Fedora at Baylor. I don't know about that one. Um, offensive offensive coordinator. But, yeah, that's who I really think. I'd, I'd love Keeler. I think that would be the best. Be okay with Herman. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of other good candidates there. And this is something that if it goes down, if this does happen, we will talk about thoroughly. About who's who's up next for the Bobcats. Uh, great question, though. I appreciate that one. Um, from Crim Brulee. Next up, we got Chase Rogers. At S. Chase Rogers is the handle. As we come to the end of our transfer state era, what were your thoughts or impressions of that strategy? Could it work for a program like ours under different leadership? See, I like where Chase is going. Chase is already assuming... It's done. <laughs> it's the end. Um, the, yeah, my my impressions of that strategy. You know, I I went I went back and forth during it. I mean, it's been three years of it. At the beginning, it, it was fun when it was about half the class. I think that was like that 2019, 2020 class. It was about it was, I think it was 2020 actually. It's half the class, half transfer, half high school guys. And then it started to turn into all transfers the last two classes. And it just felt like too many. You look at this roster of like 120 guys and 66 of them are transfers. And I, I get I get the idea of it of, hey, these guys have experience, plug and play. We don't have to develop a whole lot. But then you, it, 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 there becomes this transfer culture. I feel like I talked about that before the season. And then, you know, in fall camp, they were talking about how close everyone is and the camaraderie. And, you know, they all, they all get, they have, they have something in common with being so transient and being new. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I can buy that. But then you, you see it and there, there is this transfer culture coming and going. Because even if, if you look at some of the, the, the best players on this team right now, they're not transfers. There are some really good transfers. Kyle Hergel, Levi Bell, but then there's also Jordan Revels, Nico Ezidor, Cordell Rogers, Jaron Morris, Tory Spears, London Harris, Dalton Cooper. These are all starters that were high school guys. But they weren't they weren't transfers. But you know, then there, you know, like I said, there's Levi Bell, Kyle Hergel. You know, I mean, this year you're going to see a lot of, Ju- or this week you're going to see a lot of Julian Ortega Jones with injuries. Great game last week, stepping up for for some of those guys that were out. But he's, you know, he's a transfer as well. Sione Tupo, I mentioned, UTEP transfer. So there are there are. It's not all the high school players, but for bringing in 66 transfers, it should uh, you would think, okay, 
the whole too deep is, is these transfer guys. But there's a lot of them that are just buried deep on the roster. They transferred in and we don't hear from them. Where'd DJ Johnson go? The Coastal Carolina tight end. They've had a lot of issues at tight end. We haven't seen that guy come in yet. Um, so I, I think I think it created this cult, this a transfer culture that isn't indicative for a winning successful program. So no, I I don't think this. I think it was it was a grand experiment. Uh, I hate that the Bobcats were the guinea pig for that experiment, but it was it was fascinating to watch and see like could this. Could this be something that people use? And I think the answer is a resounding no. It's not a great strategy. Because you want to get young guys in, develop, and then they learn your system. And I get it. Spavro only talks about, well, if you bring in these, these freshmen, they could just leave. You know? But once if you get them to transfer in with the one transfer rule, you got them locked in. You know, I mean, because you look at Zion Childress last year. That was that situation. Great season, ends up going to Kentucky. So I, I understand that thought process, but you, you you can't assume that all these high school kids that you bring in are just going to transfer out. Because if that's what they're doing, then that's kind of on, on you as a coach. Why are guys leaving your program? And you can say, oh, well, money, NIL. Not everyone's not everyone's getting paid like that. So no, I don't. I think it. I think it failed. It failed. I mean, if you from a win loss record, yeah, it definitely has failed. And I, I don't want to see it again. I want to see high school recruits, guys getting developed, curating relationships with high school coaches. I, I've been pretty disappointed with the recruiting, and, and I think it's the whole the whole SPAV era. I've I've been. Disappointed with recruiting. That's one thing I liked about the last staff. Great recruiters. All over it. This one it just feels like they scroll the transfer portal looking for their next guy. You know, the little, little they have, a, I'm sure, a little um, a list online that only they can access. And it feels like they just like, all right, let's get on the recruiting trail. And they sit down at a computer. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, how many pictures do you see on Twitter of like, hey, I'm over here at, you know, Hayes High School checking out the guy. You don't, you just don't see it a lot. At least not enough. So, whoever, if, if there is, if there is a change in the next... Next guy comes in. That's something I would I would definitely like to see. 
But good question, Chase. I like that question a lot. That was a good one. I like all of your questions a lot. I don't mean to, I don't mean to pick favorites over here. All right, next up, number cruncher at R Tuncap. What's up, man? Another person I've met in real life here, a long time ago. Um, if, if, if is caps. If Spab is let go, at or before the end of the season, who would be a good fit here with a with the admin? Oh, okay, we just went over that with Keeler and Tom Herman and all that. Uh, who would you like to see replace Spav on a realistic budget for Texas State? Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the budget. Uh, I know you're a, you're a money guy too, so <laughs> of course that's what you're thinking. Me, I'm kind of poor. I forget the budget often. No, but that that is important. Somebody who can fit within Texas State's budget. That's another reason why I have Keeler as, as number one over over Tom Herman because Tom Herman's going to want a lot of money, you know. So it's, it's, I think Keeler is, is a good option for that. And same with GJ Kenny. I don't know what uh, Jason Washington probably would too, just cause he hasn't been a head coach could fit in the budget. Um, but he's, he's been making P five paychecks for, since he left Texas state. So he may, he may expect a little something more, but those are my guys there. Appreciate that one. Arton cap. Uh, where are we at here? Oh, Josh Brenner. What's up, Josh? At TXST for life. Great follow. If we don't win on Saturday, is it time to change the pod title to Get Bent? No. The, top, the pod title is not changing. The pod title is not about SPAV. It may have been inspired by SPAV. But it was accumulation of the last eight years. I don't have the record of the eight years in front of me. It's terrible though. It's bad. It's a whole bunch of two wins, three wins, two wins, three wins, two wins, three wins, four wins last year. It's it's a it's accumulation of, of, of all of that. And it's for us. It's not for a coach. You know, maybe you can you can read it or hear that as a coach. And get the message. But that's for us. Win now or get bent. That's what we want. Because that is that is what Texas State should expect. It shouldn't expect mediocrity. Or or falling on your, their face. And losing a 21 point lead. I don't want Texas State fans to be like. Oh ho hum. At least we went out and tried. You know at least we're respectable. No win some games. It's not even, it's not even, it's for football and it's for your life. Think about it in your life. I do. I don't lose in life. The Bobcats lose, but I don't lose in my life because it's win now in my life. So no, no get bent. We're not bent. Other people can get bent and get out of town. We're going to be right here talking about the cats, podcasting, doing all that good stuff. Appreciate that one though, Josh. Hope you're well, man. Maroon and golden. It's hot. Who boy, the rumors. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you that, man. And that's the cool thing about maroonandgolden.com is that you guys are able to sound off. I don't get on there a whole lot. Um, I, I probably should get on there more. 
But I, I, I love the passion of Texas State fans, despite what has, you know, transpired recently. You guys are, you guys are still invested, still in there, waiting, hungry for this to turn around and be what it should be here. You know, things got to be start being taken seriously. Coriel and Dampfus, like I said, they're good at good at showing their face, especially Dampfus active on Twitter. You know, they've got the talking part done. Now they need to do the doing part. You know, we don't we don't can't be a nice guy all the time. Sometimes it has to be taken seriously and winning has to be paramount. That's how I feel. That's how you feel. That's why you listen to this podcast. Need them to feel it. And that's 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 the message. So it won't change. It's not a year by year basis. I don't I don't care what their record is. They could be 12 and 0. Still win now or get bent. Go 13 and 0. It's a mentality for football and life. Instill that in yourselves, everyone. Win. Good stuff, Josh. Thanks again. All right, here we go. We got Sam King at SKing590. What's up, Sam? Assuming bowl eligibility, what is more beneficial for this program? Make a change now or wait to the end of the season? Congrats to you and your family. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Um, I would say Saturday. If they lose Saturday, make a, make a change Sunday morning. Start now. Start the search now. Because especially with recruiting... And how funky it is with with the two periods, you got you got an early one in December and then all the way in February. I mean, you got to you got to start signing guys pretty quick. So I I think you, you got to get you got to go get a coach and get on the trail and, and try and salvage somewhat of that class. Obviously, you can make it up in February, but it's good to get in there and get some guys early. That's something that has has really lacked with the Spavadol guys is signing on that early period, and they'll they'll play makeup later on, but. I don't even think you would call it an early period anyway. It's just it's there's just two of them signing days. So I, I think it's yeah. If if you're gonna make a change, there's no point in waiting, except financially. It's like ah, oh, we'll we'll save, you know, uh, some money, a few thousand dollars, not more than that. I mean, the guy probably makes like two grand a day or something, but it's it, money would be the only reason I could see them not doing that, but. Nothing else should hold them back from making a choice this Saturday. If it if it comes down to that. Thanks for the question, Sam. Appreciate you. We got another one from Robert Garcia. At Robert Garcia the fourth. Remember, that's Roman numerals. What happens to the, the pod when Spav is gone? Hopefully it sticks around, but with soundbite from a new HC. Yeah, I guess we do start the pod with Spav, don't we? Uh, yeah, obviously that 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 part would change. That's it, though. Everything else, we're still going to be here, still talking to cats. The only, if anything changes with the pod, I want to increase the quality. I wanted to increase the quality this year. I kind of got I got a little busy with with the whole baby situation, but now that Jade is here and 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 all of that is situated, the pod is 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 a huge focus of mine. I love doing this. I've been itching to do it for weeks. 
Um, so yeah, the pod the pod will stick around. The intro song might change. Not the not the beat, but that opening quote. Who knows? Maybe we go with no quote. Uh, if anybody has, hey, hey, there you go. Here's a fun little task for everyone out there. Quote suggestions. <laughs> when Spav is gone, what 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 should we use? Anybody got a good whacker soundbite or Karen Chisholm soundbite? Ooh, I'd do that. But now the pod, the pod remains. And I'm sorry, maybe three weeks off in the middle of the season, I got you guys feeling a little self-conscious. Like, oh, maybe Kef's not going to come back. Is the pod done? No, man. Pod is here. I'm here. Let's talk cats. Oh, good stuff, Robert. Thanks for the question. This is from Let's Get It, at Let's Get It Poppin, P-O-P-P-E-N. I wonder if that's a last name. Good play on words, if so. Um, I, is asking tough questions during the presser encouraged or frowned upon? Huh. Spav appeared to be exacerbated when you asked the tough questions, even though they were respectful, fair, and relevant. I noticed nobody except for you dared to do it. Um, well, frowned upon... Uh, Maybe from the subject who's being asked the question, but no, not not really. Um, and I did, from my bosses or or the media relations people, you know, before they would frown upon it, but now they're they understand it's a job. They're a little more professional about it. They're not going to love it, but it's the way it is. Um, it, it's it, and I don't I don't think it's it's a, no one else dares to do it. There's not, you know, I don't, you don't really see the, the, the seating arrangement for the, the press conferences. There's not a ton of, of media there. You know, it's like me, Brant, Colton from the Daily Record. Uh, usually a student reporter will show up. It seems to be a rotating student reporter. Joe from Fox. He's just TV guy though, records it and throws it on TV. Doesn't really ask questions. He's really just there for the video. He gives it to them, and then you, and then, and then they talk about it on the broadcast. Um, Brant works for the school, and trust me, Brant wants to ask tough questions. He, he, he would he would get frowned upon because he works for the school. I don't. Um, does it make Spavadol not like me? Yeah, I mean, and I hate that part, but I have you know has to be done. And I feel like there's other reporters would, would press him harder than what I do. I, you guys pat me on the back for giving it to him, giving him hard questions. But I mean, there's uh, I feel like he, he gets off pretty light here. In my opinion. But yeah, I appreciate the respectful, fair and relevant part. That's that's what I think about with my questions. Some of you guys want me to ask questions. Basically, be like, first of all, Coach Spav, how do you sleep at night? You know, like I can't, I can't do that to him. I can't do that. I have to be professional. You know, Texas State, they give me access. They invite me to this press conference. They give me stats and they feed me. And you know, the last one's the most important one. And I, I have to go and, and ask professional questions. I can't get overly emotional. I have to remain neutral, even though we all know I'm rooting for the Bobcats. I love the Bobcats, but I take my job as a journalist very seriously. And I I, 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 I want the Cats to win, but I'm going to talk about it no matter what it looks like, good or bad. 
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Yeah. I wish, uh, I wish it didn't have to be tough questions, really. I, I want to talk wins. I just want to talk about ball. I don't want to talk about all this other stuff. And, you know, even last week, I'll bring this up. I won't go into too, too much detail, uh, but I'll give enough. Uh, I asked him about players that were suspended with the first question. And he kind of, he said, nah, he wasn't aware of anything like that. And things like that are handled internally and yada, yada, yada. I'll say this though, the players that I heard were suspended weren't there. And I, I've I've I won't say the players' names or what they did, because I don't want it to be damaging to their reputations. Um I don't want them, you know, it, true what if it's if it's not true, I don't want it to be damaging their reputations. If it is true and I confirm it, we're, I'm gonna talk about it. Which I I'm gonna I'm gonna confirm whether it's true or not. I've been a little distracted on that front with everything else in my life, but I promise that's still on my list because it's it's strange. I, I thought that would have been an opportunity for them to talk about whatever was happening, and and he didn't. So questions, he, he didn't like it. That's just the way it goes. But yeah, I know that's kind of it's not really fair for me to be like here's this here's these details I can't tell you, and some of you have already heard about it. Some of you have DM me about it. I just can't really. I don't want to bring it up on the pod, and and do harm to to young men. So, but we'll we'll kick that can down the road. All right, thanks for that. Let's get it, Mister Poppin. All right, Mac Miz, Mac Miz sixty three. Got any recruiting updates? Doesn't have to be specifically football. Well, with football, they have those two high school guys still that they got over summer, and they're committed, and and that's it. For football, I've seen some JUCO offers go out. There just hadn't been a ton of offers, or maybe there are offers and they're not reporting it as much, or I I don't know. At games, I I see groups of of young men with the lanyards on, signifying that they are a recruit, and they're standing on the sideline to check out check out the school, but. Not a lot on that front for for football. Caden Gums, though, just signed with the basketball team. Shout out Caden Gums. San Marcos High School guy. Good stuff. Hey, basketball. Opening night. Home opener. Tonight. Against, what is it, Mid-American Christian or something? How about it? The last time I scoffed at a name that seemed like a small school, it was Our Lady of the Lake, and they beat the Bobcats, so I won't laugh at Mid-American Christian. Uh, but no, really, not not enough of an update for you, Mac. I'm sorry. I love recruiting. I love talking recruiting. I mean, you, you hear me, guys hear me in the offseason. That's the that's the, the one consistent narrative in the offseason is who's coming in, who's going out. And it's nice to... It, you, you, 
can almost see the future of a program with their recruiting classes. Although A&M had a really good one and not so hot. But usually it's indicative of, of what's going to happen. So that it's good, it's good to follow. And, and when there's not a lot happening, that's indicative of what's going to happen too. Guys coming in or not, not much happening. It's going it, to, it's, if there's not a lot happening, it's bad recruiting or they're seeing, looking for the exit or they know the exit's coming. Good stuff, Matt. Appreciate that. Always good to talk recruiting. Uh, Matthew Gonzalez, Matthew G007. What's up, Matthew? Hold on to what little hope, holding on to what little hope remains, but I got to ask, if Spav is let go with games remaining, who is the interim head coach? Great question. Uh, that's one I hadn't thought a ton about. Obviously, the one the first answer is Zach Spav. Um, but who knows if he doesn't want to solidarity with his brother may not want to take that may want to leave also. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they would, he would feel about that. That would be the number one guy, but he, he doesn't want it. Oh man. I guess, I guess the other two, I would say Bryson Abraham has been kind of Spav's go-to guy when it comes to play calling. Not really an OC, but like a de facto OC, because Spab doesn't have an OC. He is the OC, which is so strange. And then you see them last in the Sun Belt in offense. Yeah, that didn't work out great. You know, so maybe not Abraham. Brian Hamilton would be good too. You know, he was a head coach in California. I want to say like Concordia for a long time. Real successful, real successful coach. He's the guy I love the cut of his jib as well. Um, he seems like a head coach to me. Whether it be at the collegiate level or high school level or, or, or what have you. So, you know. Brian Hamilton. Good stuff, Matthew. Appreciate that one. Uh, this is from One Pack Card Rips. At One Pack Card Rips. Nice. Or is it car drips? No, it's, it's car drips. Um, I have a few guys. I'm wondering if they are injured or just buried on the depth chart. Oh, this is good. James Palmer, tight end. Jaden Mitchell, receiver. Samuel Obiang, DL. Myron Warren, DL. Demarcus Gregory, wide receiver. Wade L. Jones, wide receiver. Great. That's a good list of, of guys because I, I only have one that I don't have a solid answer on. Uh, James Palmer is off the team. And I'm pretty sure he quit football. Got a really bad injury. Um, he came he came up to block Nelson and Banasaur, and it did not end well for him. Injured pretty bad. It's I actually saw the video of it. I, I don't see a lot of videos of practice, but I had a source show it to me, and it was it was a crazy hit. Um, but shame for James Palmer. He's the guy who transferred in from Tulsa in the offseason. Um, yeah, he's he's been done. I think I said it on a previous pod, but maybe not. Uh, Jaden Mitchell, the wide receiver from Arizona, injured. He's been injured all year on crutches on the sideline. Um, I don't think he's in, on crutches anymore, but he's been hurt. Uh, let's see, Samuel Obiang. I think Obiang, you know, he it's it's just been this D line is so deep. It's crazy to say that because it's I feel like it's it's very rare for Texas State, 
But their D-line is just so deep that he, he's kind of just gotten lost in the fray. But that's a really good player, Obiang. I mean, started games for the Bobcats. Myron Warren, the Texas transfer came in the offseason. He's hurt. He's been hurt all year. Demarcus Gregory, no idea. That's the one guy I don't know. And I should ask about him. I will ask about him. Um, he's got like three catches for 23 yards on the season. Hadn't, hadn't made a catch since Baylor. And I am so good at jinxing these recruits. Whenever I'm asked, hey, I, I did it on this pod. Hey, who's who's the, the crown jewel of this class? Who do you think is going to come out and have a great season? And I said Gregory. Like I've said Maurice Wren before. And yeah, it's never, never a good sign when I when I pick that guy. Maybe stop asking me that. That's what that's what that's on you guys. Um, and also, has Robinson taken a hold of the center job over Baker? And lastly, who are few wide receivers that you could see getting some action now that we have a few wide receiver injured? Yeah, Silas Robinson. You know, Russell Baker has been banged up, and he had to miss a game. And Robinson goes in there and just had a terrific game. I think they have they have two good centers, which is a good problem. Because of Baker's lingering injuries, I think they're just rolling with Robinson for now. Um, but Silas Robinson, Arkansas transfers, dad's the head coach at Yoakum High School. And, you know, Russell Baker, he transferred, and Juco transfer really over overplayed what he was supposed to be coming in because he's a real versatile guy. I, I'm comfortable with him at center guard and tackle, so... And that's the thing with this offense is you can't even really blame the offensive line, at least not in the recent weeks. Hatchers had time. They've done good blocking. We saw the holes for, for Perry, I guess, against Southern Miss, they had like minus six rushing, so that's not great for the O-line, but who knows what was, was happening with that situation. But yeah, I, I do think Robinson is in there over Baker, and I don't think it's because Baker is bad. Or they're relegating Baker. I, I just think it's. Uh, I think Robinson is just playing stronger, and Baker is a little injured. So, uh, let's see. Lastly, a few receivers you could see getting action. I, I mentioned Ortega Jones earlier. Uh, Charles Brown, speedster, the guy from Montana. I've seen him get some deep plays. I think he's got like three touchdowns this year. So I, I definitely, definitely anticipate him seeing an increased role. Um, an interesting name Spavadol mentioned at the press conference was Waydell Jones, the Wake Forest transfer. He came in last year, I'm sorry, two years ago, had to sit out because of the old transfer rules, which are no longer the transfer rules. And then he got injured last year and he's injured this year. Um, and now he's, he's day by day, game time decision, almost played last week, could play this week. So maybe some Waydell Jones. We'll see about that one. But, you know, Drew Jackson is another guy who's going to see a lot of time at receiver. Uh, Donovan Moore, who actually, when I when I asked, at, well, I was interviewing Ashton Hawkins earlier this season, and he said, best route runner on the team is Donovan Moore. So, could see, could see some from him. You'll definitely see Moore returning kicks with Hawkins out. Definitely. Uh, I'm sure there's other receivers I'm forgetting. Who am I forgetting? It's a lot of them. They're, they they were deep at receiver, but now they're going to be missing four guys. And I'll say, you know, Javin Banks is a game-time decision, and, and so 
We'll see what happens with that one. I'm not confident he's going to play. Didn't, Spav didn't seem confident he was he was going to play this game. We'll definitely see some new receivers. Dennis Robinson, that's another one. The Illinois transfer. But thank you, one pack card rips. Um, let's see, Adrian Garza. Ooh, here's a long one. Discuss our situation regarding keeping Jake. And moving on, should we win five? Oh, man, don't do it. I don't, I just don't want it to happen. Why would we be okay with this mediocrity? Shouldn't be okay. Shouldn't be okay with that mediocrity. Don't want that to happen, Adrian. His O has been, his offense has been lacking with two portal recruiting years. If we were to pursue a new coach, what are you looking for, young and experienced? Jake, old veteran coach, Fran, or somewhere in between with not an offense defense, Withers. If you get what he, let me unpack that a little bit. So he's saying, would I want a young and inexperienced coach like Jake Spavadol, an old veteran coach like Fran, or somewhere in between like Withers? Um, no dream gets like OC at Baylor or HC. Sorry, some of it's a little confusing on this question, but I, I guess the real the real part of that question is the uh, uh, if they retain Spav after five, would that be acceptable? No, and I I really don't think they will do that, but I can't say for sure. I don't know how you could. I don't know how you could. I I don't know. I was surprised when he wasn't let go after a third losing season. So after a fourth one, if he comes back. Pfft, don't know. Because that would be that loser mentality means it has fully gotten a hold of this place. And I don't think it has. I really don't. Um, but the co- the coach that I a coach that I would like a lot is is uh, you know and, and even my list is kind of all over the board with with those types of descriptions he listed with those kind of coaches. But you know, with Keeler, he's he's not old, but he's older. Um, I, I, you need to find a, a balanced coach. That's for sure. That's what I know on that one. Um, yeah, I probably didn't answer that one fully, Adrian. Sorry, man. It was <laughs> it's hard to read that question, but appreciate you submitting one. Uh, we got Texas State fan at Texas State underscore fan. These last few have been DM questions, by the way. That's why they're a little longer. Hey, Kev, congrats on Jade's birth. Hope all is well with her and Mama. I've been very interested in a question to ask you with all of the talk about Spab getting fired. How does this roster compare to before Withers got fired? Has he improved the roster and the conference just improved as well? Or is the roster still the same quality overall? I think this roster, especially defensively, is better than Withers last year. Better. More talent. Deeper talent. I should, more depth. That's where I should go. More depth. And that is because they, they transfer portal. I'll give it that. They brought in these guys and it shored up the two deep where everyone behind is 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 pretty strong as well. Or at least experience, maybe. But I uh I I, I think it is it is better, which is which is a shame. 
you know, this is a, this is one of the better offensive lines I've seen here. It took a while for them to find their footing with getting the right rotation and everything in. And I think that's why, going back to a previous question, why Robinson has been stuck in there is because they put him at center and the, the offense has just had more success. And that center is almost the quarterback of the offensive line. Did I really just say that? I think the quarterback is the quarterback of the offensive line. But you know what I mean. He's the guy who's there, puts his hand on the ball, calls out protections, say, hey, pick up 54. Looks like he's coming in for a blitz. You know, stuff like that. Um, so, but I, I do I do think that this this team is more talented than it was with Withers. I, I, think, I think they have comparable talent to the Sun Belt. I mean, they match up. They were right in it the last three weeks. Last three games, I should say, there was a bye week. But the last three games, they were right there in it. And the week before, they beat App. Yeah, they got their teeth kicked in against JMU. But, I mean, that was that was just one game. You know, it was bad weather in that one. But that's not an excuse. It's bad weather for JMU as well. But I, I think they, the talent is there. If the talent wasn't there, they'd be getting blown out every game. They'd get their ass kicked all the time. Look at it last year. Go back and go look at the schedule from last year and look at how many games ended with like a three-point or how many losses with like a three-point margin of victory for the Bobcats. This has been an incessant problem under the Spavital era. Remember the UTSA game in 2020 with the missed extra point? I know. It's an extra point. I know. But there was stuff in that game where it shouldn't have gotten to that point. We were relying on that. Poor Alan Arona. The laces were out. <laughs> no. um, this this team this team is definitely better. That's been the most frustrating part this year. That they should be winning. Four years of bringing in transfers, a lot of P five guys, a lot of G five guys. A lot of really good JUCO guys. Ashton Hawkins, JUCO guy. How about that one? Ashton Hawkins, man. He's 160 pounds and all of it's grit. It's a real shame on that broken collarbone. That, he's, that has been the, the best narrative of this story in my mind. I was watching that guy just come out of nowhere and rip off seven touchdowns. Uh, you know, it's a lot of catches, not, you know, not a lot of deep catches, but he makes the, he makes the targets that are thrown his way. He, he catches the targets, which is very, very important, obviously as a receiver, but good stuff. Tech state fan. I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Good stuff. Lots of questions. Wow. I'm over an hour already. Um, the press conference audio is going to make this one real long. So, buckle in, everybody. I won't be offended if you skip the press conference audio, but I, I like putting it on there in case in case somebody hasn't heard it. You know, because I can sit here and talk till I'm blue in the face, but it, it's it's good to to hear their side and hear from from those guys as well. But you know, I didn't do much of a South Alabama preview. Um, but like I was saying, they're having a, they're having a pretty good year. Really good offense. Um, that's that's going to be a tough one on the, on the road. I still haven't won on the road. Zero and five on the road. Zero and five on the road. 
the last chance to get a road win right here. So, tell you what, bear with me. I'll talk while I look it up. But I'm going to look up the odds of Texas State and South Alabama. Gosh, if I have to guess it before I find it, it's got to be more than 12 points, right? I'm going to do that right here. There we go. Okay. Yeah, plus 16 and a half, the Bobcats. So, I was... Yeah. So, they are underdogs once again. They've been underdogs in each game this year. Incorrectly put in an article that they that were favored against ULM. They were not. If you saw that and didn't see the correction, they were not favored. So, they have not been favored in a Sun Belt game this season. I think that might change against Arkansas State. Don't know. All right, so I'm going to add press conference audio to this. It's going to be Jake Spavadol, Sione Tupo, and Julian Ortega-Jones. Uh, Julian Ortega-Jones, first podium appearance for him after, after a really good game. And if someone asked about receivers, definitely look for number 17 out there. Big target. Only listed at 6'2". I swear, man, he seems taller than that. Other guys, you know, they always seem shorter than what they're listed at or right at where they're listed. He seems taller than that 6'2". Might just be an optical illusion, but not sure. All right, everyone. Hey, thanks for your patience. Thanks for the well wishes. It's good to be back doing the pod. More coming up. I probably won't. I'm not going to do another one this week, but we'll be back at it next week for sure. All right, everyone. Win now or get bent. Hey, I'm jumping back in real fast just because I, I I missed a question. He submitted it kind of late, but I've missed this guy's question before, so I want to get in here and do it. Ray McCumber. At Ray underscore ATC. What's up, Ray? On a scale from 1 to 10, how much is Spav on the hot seat? 20. It's red hot. Red hot. Can you see Don Coriel extending him another year even if we go 5 and 7? <sighs> I don't want that to happen. I don't think it should happen. Could I see it happening? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, just because of what I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it will. But the question is, could I see it? I could, just because of stuff I've seen here in the past, but uh, hopefully it's it's a new regime, new times. Uh, last question. Have you lost all faith in Jake Spavel and company to turn this program around? I think the biggest part where I've lost faith is his unwillingness to play any other quarterback except Lane Hatcher. Anybody with two sets of eyes that has been watching the Bobcats can can tell that th that's he's not it. He's not the guy. And Spavadol's answer is, I've seen what I've seen in practice. I know what the other guys have. Indicating that Elaine Hatcher has been the better player. Okay, but we haven't. So it's kind of hard to just take your word on it when all you've done is lose. And to be offended, that's the one part. When he's offended when I ask about his job, totally get it. If he's offended when I ask him about suspended players, totally get it. When I ask him about the quarterback situation, that shouldn't be offensive. That shouldn't be offensive. I don't know why he gets he gets so so hung up on that on his guys on that on the starting quarterback. Because everybody else everybody else is 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 held to that a different standard there. Where is it? Um, somebody DM this to me and I saved it because I really liked it. I'm scrolling my photos to look for it. Yes, it's a it's a quote from the Clemson's quarterback. I'll butcher his name if I try and say that last name. 
But this is what he said after a Clemson loss about about uh, um, making a quarterback change. And he is the quarterback that was taken out. If I were in Dabo's situation, I would have done the same thing. If your quarterback is struggling, you've got to be able to make a change. We have 135 guys on this team, and his responsibility is to all of them, not me. End quote. So, to, to fully answer that, have I lost faith? Yes. Because I don't feel like they're making critical adjustments when they're needed. And that's, that. that's, because you can lose a game, but you make the adjustments and you bounce back and, and you gain my respect again. But they haven't been stubborn, saying we're sticking with this. This is what it is. Same system, same quarterback. Run it back. Let's go. It'll eventually turn into a win, right? No, it hasn't. So, yeah. Wanted to answer that just because I've, I've skipped Ray's questions before. I didn't want to do it again. So, there we go. Okay. Press conference audio coming up next. Win now or get bent. Um, yeah, another uh, heartbreaking loss now. Um, you know, that uh, you sit there after the game and, you know, those kids are, you know, you just, they're kind of lost of words like we all are. You know, uh, we've been in really 10 points have separated the last three games for us. And, and uh, you know, the thing that I give credit to these guys, man, they, they show up, they fight, and they go all the way to the very last seconds of the game, man. And, and uh, eventually, uh, you know, the ball is going to bounce our way. And we talk about that a lot. You know, Jordan Revels said it great after the game to everybody. And it was just like, you know, we always talk about swinging. And you got to keep swinging. And he's like, we're swinging that axe at the tree right now. And it's just not budging. But eventually, if you keep swinging, it's going to fall down. And, and uh, it just shows you the type, of, the type of kids we got in this locker room and, and uh, all the work that they put in. Um, a lot of teams can get in their feelings and, you know, the – you know, point the finger, make excuses, you know, and, you know, we all look ourselves in the mirror we point at ourselves and, you know, how we can improve and how we can try to make it better and, and go back out there to work. And I thought our energy today was phenomenal. You know, these kids responded well today, had a great day of preparation. I'm, I expect it to happen again tomorrow. And uh, no doubt in my mind that these kids are going to show up on, uh, on, uh, on Saturday. And, and you, you kind of look at the, the, like where we came as a culture and, you know, like when we had this, you know, similar situation to in 2020 with UTSA and we missed an extra point. Um, you know, there was a lot of division and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, opinions, you know, in the locker room after the game. And, uh, you know, this was a game like, you know, where, you know, Seth Keller is one of our most consistent players in really school history. And, and uh, you know, like we were all very confident in, in Seth and he had already scored 12 points leading up to that moment. And, you know, he kicked one wide right. And, uh, you know, like he was devastated by it, but like our players, they understood that there was a lot more to that game, you know, and they, and they picked him up and uh, they encouraged him. And, uh, you know, in the locker room afterwards, you know, it was a lot of just transparency of, you know, we got to be better individually. And, you know, it starts with me and, uh, you know, and I'll get those guys in a better position. But I just, I, I love how they took care of Seth after the end of the game and, and uh, how close of a group this is and, and how they responded on our, our Sunday practice and how they responded today. So, uh, you know, we got a great South Alabama team that we're playing. They're uh, they're playing at a uh, a very high level right now. You know, they're taking care of the football. They're explosive on offense. They're they're really top, you know, statistically in in all categories in in our conference. So it's it's going to be a it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a beautiful day in Mobile, and our kids are looking for the challenge. And you know, we're excited for it. So questions? Coach, it's a six loss for you. It's a fourth year you 
had six losses, which means you know it's not going to be a winning season for your team. Um, year before your contract ends, do you feel any pressure on your job? Have you talked to Don Coriel, or, or how do you how do you feel about that situation? No, don't feel any pressure. You know, uh, in the Golden game, you talked afterwards about Seth Keller and how you didn't want him to be blamed for it. Um, do you feel like you're getting that from the players as well? Like it's it's not a lot of finger pointing. Yeah, there's no finger pointing in our program right now. We all take ownership and everything. With South Alabama coming up, what, what can we expect from their, their offense this week? They're, they're an explosive offense. They, they take care of the ball. They, um, <clears throat> I think their receivers are pretty explosive, and their running backs are very stocky and tough, and you know, they're just solid across the board. I think the quarterback, Carter Bradley, I recruited him out of, uh, out of high school, and uh, you know, it's Gus Bradley's son. You know, he's, uh, he does a lot of great things. Um, takes care of the football. Um, he's a competitor, uh, you know, and uh, he knows what he's doing with that system. You know, the offensive line is, is very talented, athletic. They can, they can run block very well, and, and, they, and they want to establish a run. And from that standpoint, you know, they don't ask him to do much in pass pro because they're such a run RPO-driven team that, you know, when they do take their shots, it's going to be kind of gap protection and, and uh, you know, kind of uh, that quarterback should have pretty pretty good time because everybody's trying to stop the run, which sets up for the pass pretty well with them. So, um, you know, overall, I think you know with them, it's going to be a great challenge for our defense. You know, they're playing at an extremely high level. They take care of the football. They're explosive. Uh, probably one of the better offenses that we faced on the entire year. So, it's going to be a great challenge for them. Coach, you talked about the similarities between you know this game and the UTSA loss. So why do you think uh, with this team, this team's more together than that 2020 team was? Well, that was, you know, it, it takes time to, to build a culture, you know, and, and uh, you know, like that was my second year and it was, and it was a COVID year, you know, so there was a lot of uh, moving parts in that season. And, and uh, you know, I didn't get to spend much time with them throughout the course of the off season, but, you know, like we worked our way through the season together at that point. And, uh, you know, you look back at that, we've came so much farther along from that moment at the UTSA game to where we're at now. And, uh, you know, you know, we're still not getting the results that we want, you know, and, uh, and we know that and it's frustrating, but, you know, at the end of the day, like you have to face things like, man, and like you show up and you keep working and you don't point the finger and you, you worry about the things that you control and you, you look yourself in the mirror on things that you got to improve on. And, and we've instilled that in them throughout the, the course of all the ups and downs that we've gone through over the last, you know, few years. And, um, I think it's just a testament to these guys just understanding how they're growing up as, as men, you know, and I, and I appreciate how they handled that whole situation with Seth. Um, with, you know, this, with the South Alabama defense, it's another tough defense, almost similar to Southern Miss and Troy. Uh, you know, despite those past offensive struggles, how do you think, how has this offense got to get over the hump to kind of get moving towards South Alabama? Yeah, no, I thought we had a really good game last week. You know, uh, we started off hot. Um, we're capitalizing off the momentum. We're, you know, we were running the ball efficiently. Um, you know, second half, we, you know, we're we're putting in some scenarios that we had to throw it around a little bit. And and uh, you know, when they're rushing four and dropping, you know, rushing four, rushing three, dropping eight or dropping seven, you know, and matching things, you know, you got to get through progression. And and uh, we know we did a decent job at that, you know. But you know, that first half, we were clicking and we we're doing a lot of great things. And I think they got a lot of. Uh, a lot of confidence from that first half. And, uh, and I think that they shows that, you know, you look at the stats of, you know, where they're at offensively, they're being efficient at what they're doing. We just need to be able to, to capitalize on some of those momentum swings, uh, especially at the beginning of the first half, you know, with the turnover, uh, 
um, you know, the really the two turnovers and just only getting three points out of that. We need to get more. And speaking of your defense, you know, this is the I think it's the third consecutive game they forced at least two or more turnovers. Up. What has changed about this defense? That's you know they're being able to generate more turnovers now compared to last compared to last season. Yeah, it's I think a lot too is uh, is the defensive front. You know that we can pass rush you know pretty well. I thought ULM did a really good job at at. Uh, negating the pass rush, you know, and then that's why they got to hit some explosive plays. But, you know, the reason why we've been getting turnovers is because we've been pretty uh, disruptive up front, you know, and it's always great when, you know, can rush for and, and, and drop into coverage and still get a great pass rush and, and put that quarterback under duress. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, and I just think that they're, they, they have a really good feel of what Zach's calling and, um, and they understand the, the weaknesses and the breaking points of every single play. And, um, and I think they know how to execute it pretty cleanly. Uh, with your wide receiver room, I know you're missing a couple of wide receivers. I know we saw Ashton go down with that shoulder injury and then, mm -hmm. you know, Marcel wasn't there. How proud are you for these uh, players that are being able to step up, it's, you know, with the Otega Jones stepping up in a big situation? Yeah, no, it, it got pretty dicey there for a little bit. We know, um, you know, Ashton, you know, I feel for him. You know, that was an unbelievable play. And then just ending that way with a broken collarbone and being out for the year, um, you know, I just hated for him because he was having such a phenomenal year. But, uh, you know, Barbie and his hamstring, you know, he could be back this week. He may not. You know, uh, you look at uh, uh, JB went down, you know, as well. So then you had to take Julian Ortega Jones and you had, you know, Toe Groves and, uh, you had to move those guys around. They were playing outside receiver. You had Drew Jackson in the game, you know, playing, and he was executing, executing a fourth down. Uh, Donovan Moore has been doing a really good job at, at, at filling up, like, you know, picking up the void for that slot receiver position a little bit more while we had to bump some of these guys out. Uh, you know, Charles Brown is, you know, the young buck, and he's playing, uh, you know, he, he's playing a lot of reps right now, and it's going to be very beneficial for him. But proud of those guys overall because we know we still move the ball pretty efficiently in that game. and. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of different moving parts, a lot of different personnel changes. So, you know, we'll see where it goes because, you know, JB is going to be game time. So is Barbie, um, you know, with Toe being out, you know, you're going to have to see like the Brooks McCoys and the, uh, you know, D Dennis Robinson's and the Wade L. Jones of the world. If Wade L. is going to be all right, you know, Wade L. looked good today in practice, but, you know, he's still a, you know, a day by day guy. So uh, we'll be ready for it. You know, these kids uh, had a really good practice and they have an understanding, you know, what, what they need to do when, in the rotations. Coach, you mentioned earlier what Jordan Rebels was saying to the team, and you know, he's one of the captains and takes that responsibility. Um, but it's tough, you know, having lost these last three games by a combined 10 points, um, and in the manner in which you have lost them as well has been um, disappointing. How, how would you describe the team morale after a loss, specifically like that one, in which you have that big early lead and then you miss a field goal at the end? How's morale right now? Yeah, no, our morale is, you know, we're. You know, we put it to rest and we moved on, you know, and that's that's what you got to do in, in football. But, you know, after the game, you know, it's just it was more of everybody still in shock of the game. You know, it's just kind of like, wow, it ended up that way. And and, uh, you know, like it's 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 always hard to digest right afterwards because you start looking at everything. You know, you look at, you know, starting out fast and, you know, giving up the play right before uh, the first half and and not capitalizing on the turnovers at the beginning of the second half. And then, you know, you know, you know, special teams mistakes here and there or whatever, you know, you just sit there and you kind of look at it and, and then you look at the stat sheet afterwards and, you know, you're, you're in a competitive game, you know, and it wasn't anything just glaring, you know, like when you look at it, I, I did think the critical down situation was probably the worst out of like, you know, that, that was the one that we were really kind of taking an emphasis on because 
I think they're around 63% conversion. We were 45% conversion, you know, which is, uh, which is kind of rare, you know, um, especially for our defense. You know, and uh, I thought their quarterback, Rodgers, was a really good player, man. And he converted some big time third down and long plays. And, and uh, you know, you got to look back at those. You look back at the calls that you had on, on certain scenarios. And if you can find something better, you look at, you know, you just really kind of look at every single facet of the entire program when you have a loss like that. And, and uh, you know, it always starts with me. And, and uh, you're, you're always having discussions with your staff on what you can do better and what you can, you know, what you'd want to change from the game. And, and then, like, you know, the thing is our players take ownership in it as well. So it's like a, it's kind of one of those deals we're all in it together, you know. And at the end of the day, it's up to me to, to get these guys in a better position to close these games out. And uh, their morale's up. You know, uh, I'm telling you, like, they had a great practice today. You know, it, and it was, uh, it was just the the energy that they brought out. Like, they know that we're still playing for a lot. You know, and uh, these kids are always going to show up and fight. There's no question in my mind. Uh, you mentioned some of the critical downs. You know, there was that one call on fourth down. You decided to go for it. I forget exactly where you were. The thirty, the thirty-two, something like that. After yeah. having gotten the fumble on special teams, it takes back to the decision behind that. Yeah, where we're at, we we're a six-point game, I believe, at that time. Um, no, we were, uh, I think it was a seven point, if I remember correctly, and going through that. And we decided as a staff, like, you know, the field goal wasn't going to do us any, any good right there. We needed to score points, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, you're sitting there with a, a third and short, and we had a really good play call that we thought was going to be a, a, a pretty easy conversion. And obviously, like, you know, we didn't establish a line of scrimmage on that play, and, that's kind of been our Achilles heel. That also happened on a third down right at the end of the first half on third down and one and a 10 personnel set. Uh, that happened a lot in the Southern Miss game, you know, and, and we've got to find, you know, more creative ways to, to get a yard. You know, um, I thought we were we established the line of scrimmage, you know, really all the way up to that point. You know, we were running the ball efficiently and, and uh, you know, set, you know there, was a, there was a deal where that was kind of in the gray area of Seth Keller's range. You know, and that was one of the decisions that we didn't want to put Seth in that situation, and we felt the confident that we can make that conversion. And uh, fortunately, we didn't. But you know, we we went back and looked at that play a lot. You know, if that was the right decision, we all agree that that was the right for where we were at in that moment and the in the range of the field goal kickers and and um, you know the being at fourth and one. You look back at the, at the early strong and jump ahead twenty one nothing, and you took advantage of field position there. You know that big return from Ashton Hawkins. The, the, Fumble on the reverse, they tried running. Um, but after you got the 21, what was the difference for you offensively the rest of the game as to um, why you struggled to get Yeah, no, I thought, uh, you know, they got a unique scheme. You know, they do. And we knew that we we're going to, like, a lot of our stuff was hitting in those first few drives, you know, which was uh, was really promising for us, you know. And, and um, you know, the defense coordinator's done, you know, a great job everywhere he's been. And, and uh, he made some pretty good adjustments. And, you know, there was a couple things where we were just a little bit off, you know, with some of the timing of it all and, and could have had some big plays. But, you know, uh, you know, like it, it, it's really the, the run game was not popping like it was in the first half, you know, and like and I'm a big believer that, you know, you've got to be able to establish like be consistent with the run game to, to really be efficient in what you do offensively. And and uh, we sputtered in the second half. We had our moments, you know, like there was a couple of big time third down conversions that we hit when we didn't establish the run on first and second down. You know, and uh, and then we overcame it, and then we then we end up back in those situations again, and and uh, that's something that we got to do better at. You know, and uh, you know we've I thought we had a pretty unique plan on how we got them in space and how we uh, you know we're we're tempoing them at times and doing some things that they weren't ready for, and 
and at the end of the day, uh, you know, we, I don't know if we got tired or if we just ended up, uh, you know, not just having that physical edge that we needed to, to just uh, to, to finish those plays and, and establish a run game the way it needs to be ran. I know that Howell's a really talented receiver, um, had a pretty big game against uh, your defense, which played so well this season against the pass. Why do you think it is that he got moved so much? He's a, he's a really good player. He's done that to every team that he's played. You know, um, uh, you know like I, I thought that it, it stemmed from that quarterback being pretty mobile, and I, I thought he was a very talented kid. Like, and and uh, I thought they negated the pass rush, you know, and it forced him, you know, on some of those third and longs, they got to get into those intermediate range dig routes that he got to. That, the one right before the half, you know, for the, for the touchdown was kind of one of those intermediate dig routes that he had plenty of time to get to it and stuff. And that's tough to do, you know, because our defense normally doesn't allow you to get to that point. You know, normally you got to get to a check down. You can't, like, uh, you're, you're forcing that kid to get out of the pocket. And I thought they did a good job of blocking us at times, you know. And I still thought we hit the quarterback a few times for sure. But, like, you know, I thought consistently I thought they did a good job of uh, protecting and allowing that kid to get through progression. You talk about Ashton Hawkins and how he's out special year one you know how has he been you know since the news came out that he's out for the year and two how does his absence change play calling for you yeah it um like very unfortunate for Ashton you know like he's he's had such a great year and you know and to end it on that on such a great return you know you just kind of feel for him uh, you knew it was done the second that he hit the ground you know because uh, he's a tough kid you know and uh um you know, like it wasn't very funny at the time, but you look back at it now, like he's got a pretty funny humor about himself when, like, when he's in pain and and uh, and just, you know, it's kind of like in that initial shock, you know, that your season is over. Um, and he's, you know, he's came so far along, and his path to get to where he's at has been a, a pretty fascinating story and a, and a journey for him. And you know, and uh, you know, we wish him the best in his recovery, and I think he goes into surgery on Friday. Um, so. Uh, you know, we'll be looking for a speedy recovery for him. But when he gets to play calling, you know, he was, uh, you know, there's a lot of those kind of dynamic touches on the perimeter that, you know, you put in straight for him that we had to eliminate from the game. Um, you know, we, we've been doing some tryouts with it all. It's, it's, uh, but, you know, like what you have to do is you have to, uh, uh, you have to adapt and you have to adjust. You know, like we've had some pretty unfortunate injuries and, and things happen and, you know, um, like even in the O line room, you know, like Alex Castillo's MRI should be back soon, and we'll see if that's going to be a season-ending injury or not. You know, it's like kind of those type of things. You know, it's like it happens; it's part of the game. But it's up to us just to kind of move and shake, and put the best eleven that we got out there, and play to their strengths. You know, so uh, it's been unique kind of game planning this week because you know you're trying to position guys in the like you you know you have a lot of great plays that you want to run. It's just whether or not like we're putting the right people in the right spots, and uh, you know it's just. You know, more work, but, you know, that's why we, we work probably more than anybody out there. You know that. And and uh, we'll find a way to put these guys in good positions to have success. I believe we have Sione joining us here shortly at the press mm -hmm. conference. Um, we mentioned all the takeaways of defense this season. It kind of feels like at every other turnover or so, he's involved somehow. Forced fumble, recovering a fumble, a tip for a kick, a pick himself. Um, how would you evaluate his play this season? It feels like it's elevated even more than what we saw last week. Oh yeah, he's having a he's having a hell of a year. You know, like it. Uh, I'm 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 proud of him. I'm happy for him. Uh, just the approach that he has, being voted team captain. You know, coming back for his seventh year. You know, just you know, he's 
he's seen it all, done it all, and he's playing at an extremely high level, and, and uh, it's very deserving. You know, he puts a lot of work into it, and, you know, and you sit there in that last moment, he he makes a great hit on the quarterback and gets the ball, and, you know, he's looking at me, it's like, man, he just won us the game, you know, and uh, that was a big-time momentum swing, and really proud of him, you know, how he handled it, because, like, you know, and then, like, I'm walking with him after after the game, he just is like, here's that loss of words, you know, because he thought he won us the game, and rightfully so, and then, and uh, it just didn't happen, you know, and, uh, but, you know, he's a great leader, you know, he, he went in and, and grabbed Seth and, you know, loved him up, grabbed everybody, you know, and, you know, he's moved on. He's been a great, you know, person to lean on, you know, because he ain't going to back down. You know, we, we're going to get this thing out, and we got another great opportunity this week to go fight, and uh, there's no doubt my mind will show up. Yeah, Calvin's out for the year. He uh, he just got out of surgery like a couple of days ago, so he'll be out for the year. And uh, and with the run game, uh, we've been. It, it, I thought we matched up well versus those guys. Um, you know, the kind of the the way their scheme is, it's it's it kind of tells you to run the football at times. And uh, and we took advantage of it. We played hard, and we got north and south, and we played uh, with some tempo, which helped as well. But if you look at the previous weeks, you know, we're always going up against a loaded box and and uh, you're going to have to make people miss and, you know, you're going to have to uh, get a whole collective group of alignment being on the same page all the time, you know. And uh, I thought Southern Miss and Troy really established the line of scrimmage very well against us, you know, and I thought we had a, a good plan versus these guys, um, some some run schemes that we hadn't shown yet. Uh, and, they, and they were working there for a while, you know, and I just thought, you know, as the game went on, it, we just kind of wore down and it wasn't hitting like it was at the beginning of the first half. But it was uh, very pleasing to get that thing going, though, because uh, when you're calling plays and the run game's not working, it gets, it gets pretty tough to do. You mentioned surgery. What's the injury for, for Calvin? His thumb. Mm -hmm. Broke the thumb. When did that happen? Southern Miss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. And you mentioned Castillo getting an MRI. What's the injury there? Yeah, he's it's his shoulder. Um, you know, besides that, you mentioned Barbie and Castilla. It looked like Russell Baker might have been out too with Silas, or was that just Silas? Yeah, those two have been rotating. They've both been beat up pretty much the entire year. So, you know, and, and then Evan, like those three kind of just rotate. You know, it's we've, it's like musical chairs. It really is. But, like, you know, we got a plan in place. But, you know, those guys are beat up right now. You know, even Kyle Ergel's beat up. But, like, he's he's just been the, the tough, consistent guy that we've got. You know. With Evan, I, w I think that was the most playing time you had. He may have been the same. Mm -hmm. minutes, but how did you feel? I thought Evan played well. I did, you know. I, I think, you know, it's, uh, you know, playing shapes tough to get into. You got to play and play. And, like, you know, he uh, like he, oh, he was making a lot of jokes afterwards about how tired he was after the game. But, you know, it's that game wears you out. It does, you know. And uh, I was really pleased with uh, just the edge he played with. And just the, the physical nature he played with, and I think that really helped our running game early in the early in the game. You know, one last shot to, to get that win on the road for your team. What do you think it'll take to to get that? You guys traveling, going to another stadium, and coming out victorious. Just sticking together. Like I'm saying, it nothing changes for us. It's about going out there and executing cleanly with you know and playing team football. You know, it's you know we got to take advantage of you know their mistakes. 
you know, you can't have like four turnovers and only have 10 points out of it like what we did this past week. You know, we've got to be able to to play complimentary football like we always talk about. And and uh, I don't think we did that as clean as we wanted to. We did at times and we showed it and there's some positives out of this past game. But, you know, we've got to play clean across the board, especially versus a team that uh, doesn't make very many mistakes. You know, two home games for the team this season, is that an advantage? Are you looking forward to that? Yeah, I am. Like, you know, and, you know, I'm, like, we love, we don't take anything for granted. We love every single game that we go into. You know, I'm very excited for this opportunity that we get. You know, it's a beautiful stadium, beautiful setup versus a 7 and 2 opponent that's playing well and they, they're playing for a lot. Um, you know, that's going to be a great opportunity for us. But then when you get home here, it's always fun to play in front of uh, a home crowd and just be back at Bobcat Stadium and, you know, and don't have to worry about the logistics of travel all the time and just get to, sleep down the street in, in the embassy and, and then show up and go play. And uh, there, there's a lot to that. And the, the kids will be fired up for that.